Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Welcome to Episode 2 of Brain Week on Executive Presence Morsels. Today we're going to talk about leadership as a habit. What do I mean by that leadership as a habit? And why would we even be talking about that in terms of our brain? If you stop and really think about how most of your life unfolds and most of the things happen, we tend to overestimate the amount of conscious, uh, logical, rational decision-making we make. If you are really honest and stop and think about it, most of our life runs on habits, right? I don't know what the percentage is, but definitely more than 50% of what happens in your life is habitual, right? There's just the things you do as you wake up, before you go to sleep, when certain scenarios happen, we just respond with a habit. And habits, don't get me wrong, they're adaptive, right? They uh, are meant to embody or, or meant to sort of codify behaviors that make sense for us to do, and we don't want to have to think about them all the time, right? Like brushing your teeth. You don't want to have to always make a decision whether you you brush your teeth or not. You just do that at a certain time as part of your nighttime routine. So habits are not necessarily good or bad. Habits are habits. Uh, They're they're things that put us on autopilot and in a way create a, a greater efficiency in what we do. Now, there's a problem. Some habits are not to our benefit, right? I don't necessarily want to say good or bad when it comes to leadership habits, but uh, in the realm of maybe health habits, right, there are clearly good or bad habits, and there are habits that we may want to break. Um, maybe you're overeating, or maybe you're not getting enough sleep, or um, I don't know, maybe um, you're hanging out with negative people and you can't stop hanging out with them, things like that. You can definitely tell that there are certain things that you want more of in terms of a habit you have, uh, and there are certain things you want less of. The challenge is habits are notoriously hard to change, right? Think about the typical, and it's a great theme for this week, New Year's resolution, right? How many New Year's resolutions do we have to break a bad habit, you know, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop, I don't know, any sort of thing that you perceive as as negative and and bad for your life right now? How many of those uh, do we have a temporary one to two week lift in limiting that behavior and then boom, you're right back into it? On the flip side, how many good habits do we try to develop? They sell a ton of gym memberships, right? In in December and January and February, or um, you want to get up earlier or go to sleep earlier Um, or eat healthier, right? And you want to eat more, I don't know, organic food and stop eating as much fatty food. And that lasts maybe a week or two weeks. And then boom, you're just, you know, up to your old tricks again. And Charles um, Duhigg in The Power of Habit uh, really breaks down this thing called the habit loop in a really great way. And it's super informative to just kind of understand the mechanics of, of how the habits are created and there's you know three elements there's the cue or the trigger right that that's the the thing that 
uh, kicks off the habit. Um, and then there's the actual behavior, or you could call it the routine, right? That's the thing that actually you do in response to that cue. And then there's the reward, right? And reward, not necessarily monetary. It could be an emotional type reward. So, you know, one easy example um, could be that stress could serve as the cue and your response or behavior uh, could be going out for a smoke or having a drink, which produces the reward, which is a reduction of stress temporarily, typically. And so this is what he calls the habit loop. Uh, and it's, it's very interesting and very helpful to understand. The challenge is knowing the habit loop and even the knowing the mechanics of how it works still often isn't enough to get you to change your habit, right? Like just because you know how to do it doesn't mean uh, you're actually going to make it happen. So it almost seems like there's a principle or there's a concept that's that's missing here that could really make a difference that people aren't talking about or aren't aware of. And, you know, I have a guess as to what that is, and, and I want to share that with you today. Um, I also read probably one of my favorite books I read that year, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And what he says in his book about habits is changing your identity is the key to changing your habits. I'll give it to you one more time. Changing your identity is the key to changing your habits. So I'll use the exercise example. If you decide you're going to become a runner or you are a runner, then it's more likely that you're going to go out every day and go for a run and any sort of obstacles you will sort through and additional things that need to happen to accommodate the running lifestyle you will do versus just saying, oh, I should be healthier. I should run more. That's a lot less likely to succeed than when you change your identity from a non-runner to a runner. So that doesn't require anything else other than your belief and your conscious decision to do that. And it echoes something that uh, one of my favorite quotes from Jonathan Rousen, he's a Scottish chess grandmaster. Um, I'll just read the quote. I, I think I've shared it before in several venues. He has this great uh, sort of email correspondence with someone. And he says, when it comes to ambition, it is crucial to distinguish between wanting something and choosing it. Decide that you want to be world champion and you will inevitably fail to put in the hard work. If, however, you choose to become world champion, then you will reveal your choice through your behavior and determination. Every action says, this is who I am. I just love that, right? You, you, you choose and you have no choice now. Once you've made that choice, everything you do has to fall in line with the behavior. So I believe that is a missing piece and a very important principle when it comes to changing your habits, either uh, eliminating one that you perceive as negative or maladaptive and or gaining one that you think is very positive or adaptive in a good way. So this week, what I'd like you to do is pick one habit you'd like to change and identify the new identity you will choose that forces that new habit to come into being. And let me know how it goes. I would love to hear from you. You can just email me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. 
Thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. The truth is, it's not easy coming up with content for a daily podcast like Executive Presence Morsels. One way I keep things fresh is by constantly learning from others. An easy and convenient way to do this is through audiobooks, and the Rolls-Royce of audiobooks is Audible. Today, our listeners can try a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you credits for up to two premium titles of your choosing, access to the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible Originals. It's a buffet and no credits needed. And a friendly email reminder before your trial ends. Go to www.connectioncounselor.com slash bookme to sign up. And while you're there, check out my latest book reviews. Thank you for supporting our show. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the third episode in Executive Presence Morsels Brain Week. Today I'm going to share with you what I like to call one of my pet theories. And it's going to be a bit challenging today because there's a lot of content to go through. And you know I like to keep these under 10 minutes total. Sometimes I go to 11. I try not to go to 12. Uh, But I'm going to really try to condense this and share everything I need to in this time. If I do go over or you have some questions, would love to hear from you. You can find me on LinkedIn at Joe Kwan Joe, or you can email me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. So we've spent enough time on the intro. Let's get started. So when I talk about my PET theory, it's actually an acronym for perception for the P, emotion, and thought. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel.